Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming up today. But right now, we're going to be having the children's message. And what I'd like to do today is I'm going to be talking about temptation. Are you ever tempted? Yeah, me too. You know what? Temptation affects people of all different ages. And, and temptation's not going to stop until uh, we're with Jesus in heaven. But right now, we have temptations. Uh, temptations, the, maybe when mom and dad would tell us to do something and we're tempted to say, no, I don't feel like it. I want to do what I want. Or we're tempted to say, no, I don't need to go to church even though I know God wants me to. Temptations are really common. They, they come at us at every shape and size. And we're going to talk today how for Jesus fights for us and he wins the battle and he helps us with temptation too. But temptations are about as common as what's in this bag. Do you know what's in this bag? Potato chips, you are absolutely right. And, and uh, I, I have this bag of potato chips in my office. And, and temp, the tempta potato chips are common, right? You, you see them all the time, and it's no big deal. And really, uh, potato chips are gifts from God. But, but potato chips can be a temptation. Because if I would open this bag right now, could I eat just one potato chip then close the bag and put it in my uh, cabinet and not eat it for another week. Do you think I'm strong enough to do that? Probably not. Are you strong enough to do that? To only eat one potato chip? No way! There's not a person here that could do that. You know why? Because potato chips are tasty. And they have salt on them, and when you take one, you want another one, and another one, and another one. Well, even though potato chips are good, temptations, nah, not so good. And temptation is a lot like sin. Once you do one sin, it's really hard to stop. And that's why we need to ask Jesus, Jesus, help us with temptation. Not just to not eat potato chips, but help us with all kinds of temptations, whatever they come at us. But today we're going to hear about Jesus, how he fights for us. And we need to keep that in mind when we have temptations come our way to listen to what Jesus says in his word. Let's ask Jesus to do that. Let's, let's pray together, okay? Dear Jesus, thank you for winning the battle against Satan with temptation. That proves, Lord, that you can help us in our battle against temptation. Be with us, Lord, and forgive us for all those times we've given in, and instead, Lord, change us by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand if you're able. God's word for our sermon today is the gospel appointed to this first Sunday of Lent. Today we're going to hear how important it is for us to pray every day, Lord, lead me not into temptation, the temptation to doubt God, the temptation to ignore God, and the temptation to test God. Hear how Jesus fought for us, the valiant one, and he won. The Bible says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, 
I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all, these, all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is God's word, we pray. Lord Jesus, bless the preacher's words and bless my hearing too. And after all is said and heard, I may believe and do. Amen. You may be seated. In the saving name of the Savior Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, dear Christian friends, years ago you could learn a lot about people just by looking at their bumpers. They would have bumper stickers that would tell all kinds of things about them, what they were interested in, what they were, what they were supporting. These days you can tell a lot more about people from the things they post electronically on their social media accounts with electronic messages called memes. Maybe it's a Facebook account or an Instagram account. Maybe you don't have one of these, but I guarantee it, your kids and your grandkids do. Well, we can learn who's a Viking fan and who's a Packer fan. You can learn what political party they prefer. And sometimes these a little, little electronic billboards have spiritual messages. Recently, I looked at a, a meme that said, lead me not into temptation. I can find it myself. There's a lot more truth there than any of us here would prefer to admit. Sometimes we go looking for temptation, and sometimes temptation simply finds us no one is immune. All of us are tempted to sin, to go against God's word, to push God as far away from us as we can, from the strongest every week church attender to the person who says, I'll never go into a sanctuary in a million years. All of us struggle with temptation. And it's not just the temptation to eat one more potato chip. So let me ask you, and get more personal, what temptations are you struggling with? We all have them. And I pray God's word for you today is a wake-up call. The day that we stop struggling with temptation is either the day A, we're dead, or B, we're losing the battle against sin. God's word tells us where all temptation com comes from. All temptation certainly doesn't come from our good and gracious God. Our temptations come from the devil, a fallen angel who successfully tempted our first parents, Adam and Eve, back in the Garden of Eden with forbidden fruit. So 
why am I being Captain Obvious to you today? And I'm sure some people are thinking that. Duh, we know the devil is real. Here's why. I saw a statistic recently that said half of all people who identify themselves as Christians now deny that the devil exists. Half? Are you kidding me? That's stunning! You'd expect people who don't believe in God not to believe the devil is real, but even people who call themselves Christians? But that's just the way the devil likes it. The devil loves to do his work. When people downplay or even deny him, he does his best work then that happen, when that happens. But how can you deny that a devil exists? I mean, it just makes sense, right? When you turn on your television and see war in the Ukraine on the city streets and the terrible effects of war, think that just happens? Or we see crime in our communities. We see broken marriages, divided families, child abuse, troubles in our churches and schools. Are all of these problems just a result of, uh, are just a result of damaged chromosomes? Is the problem that we don't have enough education in this world? <laughs> Hardly. It's a lot more evil than that. It's evil and it's organized. James chapter 1 reminds us, do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. The devil is very good at what he does. And he has plenty of help doling out temptation from the sinful world, from our own sinful flesh. And here's the devil's endgame. He not only wants to make our lives hell here, actually, you take a look at believe, unbelievers, they seem to be doing just fine. What's the devil doing? He's distracting people. He's pulling people as far away as he can from hearing the word. Because ultimately, the devil's endgame is that he damages and damns souls for all eternity. People that we care about, people that we love, and if you're a Christian, you definitely have a target right on your back. Well, not only does the devil do that by sending us trouble, he also sends temptation, ranging from sexual temptation, the temptation to be greedy, gossip, the temptation to hold grudges, be jealous, have hatred in our hearts, oh, so much more. Don't try to go it alone. Many have tried and failed. Instead, look to Jesus, our champion, our valiant one, and especially this Lenten season, we have exactly what we need in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And in our sermon reading from Luke chapter 4, Jesus didn't just face the devil, he beat the devil at his own game. Have you ever come face to face with the devil? I don't know if I ever have. Honestly, I'm not important enough. Oh, but I know I've been in the presence of many of his generals. Oh, the evil I've had to see in my ministry. Yikes. And maybe you do too. Don't try to go it alone. Instead, look to Jesus. Because in our reading from Luke chapter 4 today, we're going to hear Jesus beat the devil at the temptation to doubt God, the temptation to ignore God, and the temptation to test God. Well, in our Bible, follow, so let's follow Jesus into battle as our sermon reading begins. 
Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Right after Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, launching Jesus' three-year public ministry, Jesus went out into the desert. He was led by the Spirit. But notice Jesus isn't scared. He's our confident champion. He knows what's coming. He knows he has to face the devil, and he knows he has to win. Well, the devil used a tactic, a war tactic, much like the devil has always used in history. Remember, <coughs> excuse me, remember how the devil used that same tactic with our first parents back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve? This is what the devil did. He said, did God really say you couldn't eat from the tree? What was the devil trying to do with Adam and Eve? He was trying to put doubt into their minds. And that's what the devil is trying to do with Jesus himself. Can you imagine that? Taking on Jesus and thinking you're going to win? Oh, the devil's that arrogant. The devil is that deranged. The devil is that focused. And if the devil isn't afraid to face Jesus, do you really think he's afraid of facing you and me? Of course not. So the devil was trying to put doubt into Jesus' mind. If you are the Son of God, tell that stone to be bread, Jesus. I mean, can't you just see Satan slithering up to Jesus, just whispering in his ear? You know, Jesus, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be this hungry. Oh, you're hungry? Oh, are you the Son of God? Are you powerful enough to change this stone into bread? What are you going to do about it, God boy? An innocent temptation, a strong temptation, a demonic temptation. Certainly, Jesus says the Son of God could have whipped up enough food to make the McDonald's billion served like a drop in the bucket. Yet Jesus remained our champion and resisted every temptation of the devil for every time I've caved and you've caved. The book of Hebrews tells us, and Mr. Kershaw just read it before, he said that Jesus was tempted in every way we are, yet was without sin. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to have, well, I don't know about one more potato chip, but Jesus was tempted to have one more thing that he shouldn't. And yet Jesus resisted, because this time this was from the devil. So how did Jesus defend himself? Well, the answer may surprise you. Did Jesus defend himself by calling in heaven for, for uh, an airstrike? Did he wield a Star Wars lightsaber? That would have been cool. No, Jesus used something that was available to you and me. He simply used God's word and quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Doubt is still one of the devil's strongest temptations against us. And this is what doubt looks like. Doubt looks like when the devil tries to tempt us as we watch TV, as we see trouble in our lives, to come to the conclusion, you know what? God's lost control of our world. Either he doesn't know what's going on, he doesn't care, or he's not powerful enough to protect us. 
all things that are, are completely false. But if the devil can get us to go down that road of doubt, we can start asking the question, why? Why is this bad thing happening to me or somebody I love? God, why did that person have to die? Why is there trouble? And if Satan can get us to do that, he can lure us away from the cross and search for answers in our own imperfect, limited hearts. It's not wrong to ask why to learn for more information. But don't demand information from God as if God owes us a thing. Don't go there. Instead, turn to Jesus, who resisted temptation to doubt God. Look to the cross where we see Jesus being punished in our place this Lenten season, giving more than his time, giving his blood, all of it on the cross, where Jesus died to make us right with God. We're freed now because of Jesus' sacrifice, freed from the guilt of sin, freed from the power of the devil. Remember the words of 1 John chapter 3, which says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. What's the devil's work? To damn us. Jesus undid it by his sacrifice. Yes, take seriously the words of the angel at Jesus' tomb on Easter. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Yes, trust every word of the Bible and follow Jesus with joy. Now you would think that the devil would say, there's no way this is going to happen. I'm not going to be able to tempt Jesus, but that's not what we hear. The devil is relentless. The devil doesn't give up, and he doesn't give up on you and me. Not just the temptation to doubt God, but also to ignore God. Listen to why I say that as our reading continues. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Satan now tempts Jesus with the bright lights, big cities temptations. Satan claims he owns it all. What a liar. He doesn't own one thing. Do you know that Satan doesn't even own hell? And yet Satan walks around in the world like he owns it all. And oh, can he convince us. He can convince us to get so busy, so distracted, that our pursuit of this world can become not on eternal things, but temporary things of this world. The devil is a lot like an, a refrigerator salesman to Eskimos. Think about it. Do Eskimos need refrigerators? Of course not. And Jesus doesn't need what Satan is selling either. The whole world doesn't belong to Satan, even though he often acts like it. But just think of what would have happened if Jesus would have bought in on this temptation to ignore God, then all of us here would belong to Satan forever. No more forgiveness, no more grace, no more heaven. And no way was Jesus ever going to let that happen. He tells Satan, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus resisted temptation as our valiant one to protect us from all eternity. And he used the Bible again. Oh, Jesus, I'm sure, felt in his human side very differently, and yet because he knew he was serving as our Savior and making up for all those times we've given into temptation, 
he also gave this witness to the devil. Don't let the pursuit of fame and fortune make that our priority. Make God and serving him our number one priority. Don't ignore God. Follow him even closer. But finally, the devil really gets sneaky. Listen to the exciting conclusion of the temptations of Jesus as our reading concludes this way. The devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike a foot against the sto a stone. This time, the devil quotes scripture. It might surprise you, but the devil knows his Bible better than you do. Doesn't that blow you away? And what is the devil doing now? Well, the devil is not just quoting scripture. He's misquoting it. He's twisting it to say what it doesn't. That's why Jesus corrects Satan when he says, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That's a popular temptation, isn't it? To put God to the test. We've often been tempted to take God's gracious promises and twist them as a license to do whatever we want, as a license to sin. Yes, we know that God is with us, but how easy it is to take that for granted or to become lazy or to challenge God. Think about how you and I got here this morning. You know, when I moved here to Minnesota, I knew I was going to have to bring my snowshoes. I had no idea I needed to bring ice skates. But think about how you got safely to church. Did that dawn on you how you and I got here safely? I just live a few minutes away, but as I was pulling out of my, my garage today, I got to thinking how icy it is. All it would take would just one moment and I could be in a telephone pole and it would be all over. But it didn't happen. I'm here safely, and so are you. Are we here by accident? Oh, no. God's angels were with us every step of the way, either keeping evil away from us, and even if we experience problems on the way home, it's because God's going to make that evil serve our good. That doesn't give any of us the right to just drive recklessly, to go as fast as we can and see, well, God said he was going to protect us. Will he? My friends, God does not want us to test his providence. What God is doing is God says, don't expose yourself willingly to sin or to false teaching. That just gives the devil an open door to attack us and to win. Instead, remember how Jesus resisted this temptation perfectly, opened God's word. And when you and I are tempted to take a course of action, just make sure it's what God wants us to do in his word. Yes, when we remember to do that, that will squash Satan like a bug. Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church, had this to say about temptation. He compared it not to potato chips, but to the birds of the air. This is what Martin Luther said. He said, I can't prevent the birds from flying over my head, but I can prevent them from making a nest in my hair. Luther's point is that temptation is all around us. We can't stop that, but we don't need to let that temptation hang around. Recognize what God says and what God didn't say. And if you have that temptation and you can't stand up on it after saying, Lord, have mercy, do what Joseph did in the Old Testament. 
he kept his track shoes on. He ran away because he knew that temptation was getting too close. My friends, join me in praying every single day. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Not just today as we pray the Lord's Prayer, that sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, but pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation to doubt you, to ignore you, and to test you. With Jesus' victory in view, Satan will go down in defeat, and you and I, by faith, will go up to heaven. Amen. For our stewardship thought, I'd like to share this with you. Earlier this week, my wife and I had that opportunity to volunteer for a St. Paul's event, the Amazing Race. If you were there, it was amazing, and it was, it was a lot of fun to volunteer, not just for that, but for other things. But I got to thinking as we were volunteering, boy, it would be just so easy for us to say, you know, we're new. A lot of people could do what we did a lot better than we could do. A lot of other people here at St. Paul's could have volunteered, and, and they could do it, and started making us think, you know what, why are we volunteering? Yet, it's so easy to do that, isn't it? It's so easy when you see a volunteer event or you see about giving an offering, how we can give it today on the baskets as you leave church, you can bring it into the office or even give online. It's so easy for you and me to think, let somebody else do it. Instead, may we remember what Jesus has done for us. He saved us eternally. He's loved us. And now, in love, may we return the best of what we have back to Jesus. Please, I offer this prayer. We pray. Lord, you love the cheerful giver who with open heart and hand blesses freely as a river that refreshes all the land. Grant us then the grace of giving with a spirit large and true that our life and all our living we may consecrate to you. My point, amen. My point, don't let us have all the privilege and all the fun of serving. Join us this week as we serve Jesus here at St. Paul's.